Good morning, welcome back to Aliyah Yami. Today we're going to be learning Emor Revi'i, the fourth Aliyah in Parshas Emor. The topic of Aliyah is the festivals part one. Our Aliyah runs from Perak Chof Gimel Pasuk Aleph all the way to Perak Chof Gimel Pasuk Chof Beis, 22 Pesukim in total. Um, let's take a look at the general overview of the Aliyah and then ponder on some fascinating points to gain perspective on. So here we go. Um, Aralia starts off describing the festivals. So it starts off with these are these the mikra the these are the festivals. Um, you know, that you will take cross some kodesh, you'll call them holy convocations. And then it goes on to say, for six days your work will be done. There'll be a, a cessation on Shabbos. You shouldn't do any melaka. Okay, that's the first thing. Then we hear um, again about these are the festivals you should call. And the first one is the festival which is in the first month, that's what we call Nisan, on the 14th day. That's a day called we call Pesach, in which we bring the Korban Pesach. Then in the evening, for seven days, there's a festival called Chag HaMatzos. Today, colloquially, we call that Pesach, but technically speaking, the way the Torah refers to it, the 14th of the month when the Korban is brought, which is we call Erev Pesach, is Pesach. And then there's Chag HaMatzos, the festival of unleavened bread, is starting that evening there afterwards. Um, and we, do, we hear about the specific Karbonos, which are brought, and we hear that the first and seventh day of Mikra Kodesh are holy convocations. We then hear about the um, the mitzvah, that when we come to the land of Israel and we start, um, we start harvesting the produce of the land, then a person will bring on the day after Pesach, Mimacharas Shabbos, sorry, on the day after the Shabbos, the day of cessation, that is when we're going to bring this Korban HaOmer, which is a grain sacrifice. And there's a korba, uh, the Korbanos which are associated with it as well. And we're told that We're not allowed to eat grain until that day, what we call Chadash. Um, we're not allowed to eat any grain which took seed for the last year until we bring the Korban HaOmer um, as well. Then we hear about what we call Svira. We're told that we're supposed to count from the day after the Shabbos, which refers to the day that we bring the Karman HaOmer, the day after the first day of Pesach, we were supposed to count um, seven Shabbat Shabbat to Mimos Tiena. We're going to count seven, uh, seven full weeks, um, 50 days, and then we're going to bring a Mincha Chadasha, a new Mincha, new meal offering to Hashem. This is what is called Shtayim Shtay Esronim, we call the Shtay HaLechem, and it is a first sacrifice to Hashem. As well, we hear about the accompanying sacrifices which go with it uh, as part of Etzamayamazer on this day, which we call Shavuos today, as a function of the weeks of the counting. And finally, we have the end of the Aliyah, uh, that when we bring our Kutzrachem, um, our um, when we bring our harvests in, we need to make sure to leave Pa'asadcha and the Leket Kutzrachem, that we need to make sure to leave the corner, and anything which is left behind, drop down, goes to the poor people. So a lot of questions on our Aliyah, first of all. The way it describes how we interact with the festivals is Asher Tikru Oisam, you will call them. Why is that? Rashi explains, because Bastin is required to um, actually announce, is required to make the distinction of when Morosh Chodesh is, which will affect when the uh, the days of the festivals are. So this, this comes down to us. This is a very significant element in the nation of Israel being in charge of the calendar, both the years and the months, as to whether there's an extra day or an extra month are in the hands of the nation of Israel, which is Asher Tikru Asam. Now, a very curious thing is the beginning, when we're about to talk about the festivals, then the Torah seems to go on a tangent to talk about Shabbos. We know about Shabbos already. Why is Shabbos being described over here? So, 
um, the Rashi explains, it's to tell us that the festivals are very serious. They're just like Shabbos. Just like Shabbos has a huge amount of gravity associated with it. You can't just take it whimsically. So to the festivals as well. However, Vilnagon says a perhaps a different perspective. He says, you know what? If you count up all the days of the festivals in the year, think about this for a second. There's the first day of Pesach, the second day of Pesach. That's two. There's one day of Shavuos. We're not talking about in Chutzar. It's talking about how the Torah prescribed it. Right, so one day of Pesach and two days of Pesach. The first and the last days are, are Yom Tov. Then one day of Shavuos, one day of Rosh Hashanah, um, skip Yom Kippur for a second, the first day of Sukkot and Shemini Atzeres. Right, so then we have essentially six special days. Now, they are not like Shabbos in the sense that although most of the Malachas are the same, there are a few which are allowed. The things which are allowed is Oichel Nefesh, anything which is for the needs of what one needs to eat. That would mean to say that cooking is allowed for the sake of Yom Tov. Um, and that's, that, that being the case, in a certain sense, there are six days in the year, the six days referred to here are not the days of the week uh, regarding Shabbos, um, in relationship to Shabbos, but rather the six days of the Yom Tovim, that Melacha can be done, what kind of Melacha? The Melacha of, um, the Melacha that's done is referring to the, the preparation for the Yom Tov, which can be done even on Yom Tov, the cooking on the Yom Tov as well. Um, however, Yom Ashvi, Shabbos, Shabbos, Son, Mikra Kodesh, says the Vilna Gaon refers to the seventh of the, all the festivals, which is Yom Kippur, and so you cannot even do any melacha of Oyechal Nefesh necessary for the preparation, of the preparation of that day. So in a certain sense, what's being described over here is not the six days of the week and the seventh day, which is Shabbos. It's referring to the six regular Yom Yom Tovim from the, from, from the Torah and the seventh one, which is Yom Kippur. And that, this is a list of everything we're about to talk about. So this is the table of contents for the rest of the parak, which makes a whole lot of sense when it comes to the way that this parak is structured. It's not an interruption about Shabbos, it's actually talking about the Yom Tovim themselves. Now, how do the Korban Omer and the Shteh work? These are two meal-based offerings. So these are what we call Minachos, meal offerings. One is brought on the second day of Pesach, one is brought on the day of Shavuos. How do they work and what's their connection? So there's a few, there's a few basics that are important to notice. Number one is, is that the Korban Omer is brought, um, is brought, is brought um, from barley, whereas the um, Shteh is brought of wheat, different crops. The, the Korban Omer is brought out of, made out of raw grain whereas the Shteh is processed grain in the form of bread. And uh, finally, the, just, just thinking about the, the difference between barley and wheat. Barley is animal fodder usually, and wheat is usually human food. So it's, it's worthwhile comparing this to um, the, the reversal of Chet Adam Arishon. If you think about this, the sin of Adam Arishon, the Gemara um, tells us that, quite in the Gemara, the, the Gemara Subas tells us, that before the Chet of Adam Arishon, the trees were producing loaves of bread. When Hashem cursed the, the Adam in relationship to the earth, what he did was he slowed that process down that human beings have to do a lot of manufacturing in order to be able to produce the necessary outcomes, the, pro the processed foods. That was what was happening then. Um, in, 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 in fact, it, there's a, the, the curse of the earth, in a certain sense, is, is a reversal or a slowing down of moving back to, to a stage where food needs to be worked on, where a person needs to work very hard in order to be able to, uh, to, be able to produce fruit. It's interesting that the process of the Sirius Amir is a movement away from that. It is a movement back to the stage of processed food, of food which is which is already developed, moving away from animalistic food into human-based food. There's one other difference as well, and that is the Achilas Amir, the, the Korban Amir, is what is Matir Achilas Hediot, which means to say that regular people can eat Chadosh, which is all the grain in the last year, which could not be eaten up to this point. Whereas the 
Um, the Shtei Alechem is the Matir Achilas Kavoya. All the new grain, the Chorosh of the last grain since the last Shavuos can only be eaten, it can only be brought on the Mizbeach after the Shtei Alechem. So it's a Haloftia Karban. There seems to be a movement upwards spiritually over here, which is reflecting the reversal of Chet Adam Rishon in this process of Siras Aver itself. A lot, lot to think about in this particular this particular topic as well. Obviously, noting that Shavuos is a time of where, where the Midrash famously tells us, Pasku Zuha Masam, that the Chet of the Adam Rishon was lost or overcome at Har Sinai before the Chet Egel. There's a lot to think about in terms of that general pattern. Now, one of the most confusing psukim in Ar and, and really perhaps even in the entire Torah, is in Ar which is Usfartim Achemi Mocharas HaShabbas. You'll start counting after the Sabbath. It's a very, very confusing pasuk for the basic reason is that it's not after the Sabbath that we start counting, it's after the first day of Pesach. And in fact, there was a whole sect of Jews, the Baitusim the, uh, the, and the, the Sadducees, the Tzidokim, who took this literally, and they said we will always count the Omer after Shabbos. It will always be on, on a Sunday to Sunday, so it will always be this uh, seven weeks starting on Sunday. Now, as convenient as it is, that's all what the Torah is understood to mean traditionally. But why would the Torah be so vague? Why would the Torah give us a misleading idea if, in fact, we wanted it to be the day after Pesach? Why is it so complicated? So the most basic, I think the most, the most truthful uh, understanding over here is that, uh, is that it's referring to an event that's going to occur in the future. Our foreman points this out. That if you look in the Yoshua Perak Hay in the 11th and 12th Pesach, it describes when the nation of Israel arrived in Israel, they crossed the Jordan on the 10th of, of Nisan, they, and then at that point in time they perform Bris Mila, they bring the Korban Pesach. And at that point in time, the Pesach tells us, When do they start eating of the, the, the produce of the land of Israel? They now just cross the Jordan. From the day after Pesach, they start eating the grain of the land, because that's when they're in the land of Israel. Then the, 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 the Tanakh tells us, And the manna is now over. The manna now ceases. When they have started eating from the land. From the land. And they had nothing else left to eat, and that's why they started eating from the land of Canaan, which means they had supplies of the manna, of the man, for a month after the death of Moshe Rabbeinu, which is when this is all occurring. When that ceased, that's when they started eating from the, 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 the land itself, which means that perhaps when it says, it doesn't refer to Sabbath as in the seventh day of the week, it could be referring to Hashabas, referring to the day of cessation. The day after the cessation of their, their supplies and their bags of the man is the day that they would start so counting the Amr, and therefore the Torah is referring to the specific event, which happens to be that we know that that's Mimoch Rasa Pesach, as the Pasuk in Yoshua tells us, the day after Pesach, which is when the manna ceased. Um, that's, that's historically, well, um, uh, it seems to be exactly what the Torah is telling us over here. However, on a more, a more Kabbalistic side, Rav Yaakov Leiner, the Beis Yaakov, explains, that, uh, is quoted in the Beis Yaakov, who says that really, in a, in a certain sense, all our counting of time, all of our Yom Tovim stem from our Shabbos as well, which seems to be the way that the Aliyah is arranged as well, with the Shabbos being at the beginning of the whole process. Why? What does that mean? How exactly does that, does that work? So um, um, he explains that Shabbos is Kfir Vakaima. Shabbos is something which we have no control of. It's not dependent on any, um, um, any of the celestial orbits. Um, in the in the heavens, it is it is something which is decreed upon by Hashem and happens whether we like it or not. Every seven days is Shabbos, in fact, and uh, whether we like we like it or not, then there's uh, everybody in the world agrees upon the same week. There's no one else who says that that perhaps Saturday is on a different day. Everybody is on the same page when it comes to uh, when it comes to this. We have no control over that process. However, when it comes to the Moadim, the festivals, we do have flexibility because when we decree. Um, the Rosh Chodesh is to be is going to shift it and ultimately can carry on shifting the Yom Tovim. So we decide the, the, the lunar month is 29 and a half days roughly. 
we can decide that the Rosh Chodesh is on day one or day two. That'll actually shift the calendar. That's why we say in the, in the Davidim, Kadesh Shabbos, Hashem sanctifies Shabbos, but in Makadesh Yisrael, Vazmanim, Hashem sanctifies Israel and the times, because that's the, those times are in our hands. That being the case, um, the, 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 we have to understand that in order for us to have the power of the calendar, in order for us to be granted that, that responsibility, we need to also realize that time really emanates from our Kodesh Baruch Hu. So we can count and we can declare, but that all comes from Shabbos, that comes from the part that is out of our control. Letting go is the place where we have the most control in our lives as well. Very important idea. Rav Zevin also points out an interesting point, and he says, he, he says that... Uh, there's a, there's a well-known phrase which sometimes is attributed to certain people in Judaism, but it's a complicated idea. Ha'avar ayin, the past is not ha'asid ha'dayin, the future is still to be. Ha'avar keref ayin, the present is just like a fleeting moment. Imkein da'agaminayim, so therefore, where does worry come from? In fact, the Jude, Jewish way of looking at things is the opposite, which is imkein yesh do'ag, you have to really worry. But the truth is, is that Rav Zevin points out on, in understanding this, the, the, the pasuk of counting the Omer, is that all we really have in our lives is our present. We only have the now. And the, the Surah Salaam is a reminder of experiencing that now, utilizing that now in the best of ways proper, properly. He quotes the, the Apostle of Avram Zalkein, Baba Yomim, Hashem Berechaz Avram Bakol, that Avram Avinu was old and he came in days. That means to say that his days were able to come in front of him and say, you validated us, you used all of us. It wasn't a day that you killed, wasted, or ignored. That's what, what, what the Surah Salaam is, is counting the days in our lives. Emily Dickinson famously says, forever is composed of nows. And that's what the point is, trying to appreciate the nows in our life. Finally, one last point, and that is that there's payah and leket, which is these gifts to the poor, which are mentioned. At the end of the Aliyah, why is it over here? So Saraskin presents two options. Looking backwards, it's the framing the Aliyah. At the beginning of the Aliyah, talks about the grain harvest, which brings the Korban Amr and the Shteh Alechem. And now it talks about the grain, which goes to the, the poor. So he says that if a person ignores the, the ritual, ignores giving to Hashem, ultimately they're going to ignore giving to the poor as well. Um, um, another possibility is if you look forward, the next idea is about to talk about the Yimei Adin, Yom Roshon, Yom Kippur. In order for you to succeed in Yom Adin, you find somebody who is, uh, who is vulnerable and give to them. That's the best way of succeeding in the Yom Adin. That's another perspective looking forward. In the meantime, have a wonderful and meaningful day.